We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Strong by Design podcast. I am your host today, Coach Chris Wilson, here in my office on Zoom with a, our guest today, Dr. John Jaquish. And uh, he is uh, someone that just came on the radar for me not too long ago, but I'm actually surprised that I have not uh, uh, seen what he's uh, been doing here in recent years just because he's kind of all over the place. Once I started researching who he is and what he's doing, I was, I was kind of blown away. And I think you'll be blown away too by what you hear us uh, talk about today. Uh, he is a scientist. He's an inventor. He's an author. He's in, the inventor of the world's most effective bone density building medical device. He, in fact, that's the industry he worked in for a long time before uh, kind of putting all of his passion and time and effort into what he's doing right now. He's the inventor of the X3, the world's most powerful muscle building device. So I'm well, sure. You- let me let me wait till I can convince everybody of that. Well, right, right. I, I, I'm setting you up, so you got to back Thank all these you. claims up, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also has a, a a book that you might be interested in too, called "Weightlifting is a Waste of Time," which is going to really, yeah, there it is. Which people are going to say, "What?" They've been listening to our podcast for three years almost, saying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. You've been telling us to lift weights. Uh, you know, so anyway, it's, I think there's going to be uh, some interesting discussion today, some, some things learned, uh, and I will try to be as, uh, uh, I guess, open to new ideas and stuff. Not that I, I'm very familiar with what power bands are and have used them for years, but uh, this is a, a little bit a little bit different from what most of us are used to when training with bands, resistance bands of any kind. So welcome to the show, uh, Dr. Jake Wish. Thanks, Christopher, for having me. Good appreciate it. Appreciate it for sure. So I know we want to get to the good stuff, the interesting stuff, why people are, are tuned in and listening to the show today. But I would really love uh, maybe a little bit of history uh, from you just to get to know you a little bit better and what kind of inspired you or brought you to this point with mm-hmm. X3? So I, I got first interested in life sciences uh, when my mother was diagnosed with osteoporosis. This was 13 years ago. And, uh, you know, no one likes to see their mother suffer. And this is a disease that kills as many women as breast cancer. So I was hoping I could do something about it, but I had a completely different approach. Uh, I was pretty young and um, I just wanted to first look at who uh, in non-drug assisted uh you know, not, I'm not talking about performance enhancing drugs. I'm talking about uh, like osteoporosis medications and stuff like that. Like <clears throat> who has the highest bone density? Who is the, uh, who is the group? That's the outlier. And if I can find that group, I can find how they did it. And then I can potentially replicate that effect in the human body and mitigate any risk because I'm taking a different approach as to how to get there. And uh, I know it sounds when I describe it, it sounds like it happened in like a weekend, but it was like a, a, you know like more than one year of pulling together research and understanding this a little bit better. So, um, what I ended up doing was I identified the audience. They were pretty easy to find. It was gymnasts, and it was because of the rate at which they hit the ground. So they sometimes get ten times their body weight. When they do a dismount from the uneven bars, so I thought that was really interesting. And so they're putting forces through their bodies, which are way beyond what like lifters would get. Which is part of the reason why, when somebody who's part of the postmenopausal population who is beginning to lose bone density, uh, part of the reason they don't, they don't respond. Uh, And then so I I found out later that the minimum dose response for loading into the hip joint, that's the most important 
one, that's the one connected with your mortality. You break your hip joint after the age of 50, you have a 50% chance of death within one year. So um, I wanted to look at what these gymnasts were doing and create a series of medical devices that were emulating high impact. So giving the force of high impact without the risks. And that's what I did. And that's now called OsteoStrong. And you can find that in, uh, we have hundreds of clinics in eight different countries. Uh, so it's big, it's successful. Tony Robbins is a partner in that business. Uh, so he's a big advocate of it. And um, yeah, like that, that was, that was a, an amazing adventure. I reversed my mother's osteoporosis, by the way. She's in her 80s. And uh, she had me quite late in life, actually. She had me in her 40s. So uh, she's, in her, she's in her 80s now, and she has the bones of a 30-year-old. So that's amazing. Like she, she now has – she went from having terrible bone density to having, like, super bone density. Wow. Uh, that's so that's it, impressive. It's been a big story, and, uh, and we've been covered by a lot of great media. Great article in the Los Angeles Times – uh, that was just happened uh, like six months ago. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the rollout of a giant medical device, is, it's four pieces, but it's huge. It's bigger than a car, and it's like $125,000. So <laughs> this is not something you get for your home gym. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, unless, unless you're Tony Robbins. Right. He does of course. Gym. Well, right. Yeah. Well, he might have more than one even. Uh, he does. <laughs> for the whole yeah, family, right. Does. <laughs> there you go. But uh, obviously, yes, it took uh, this was not an overnight uh, creation uh, coming up with some of these these things. Well, I think a lot of people people don't understand the difference between muscular strength and, you know, bone density strength. Right. And, and there's tendons and ligaments. Correct. And, yeah, there's, there's a big difference between these tissues and they're actually stimulated differently. Um, I will say <clears throat> there's an expression. I lived in San Francisco for a very long time. Um, I had to get out of there because it's basically like a communist totalitarian experience now. <laughs> uh, but I uh, lived there for many years, and there's this expression, like every overnight success takes seven years. Yes. Yeah, because when they write about it, it's like, it just fell out of the sky for this person. And yeah, no, that's not how anything works. No, exactly right. We, we always see, we see the end product, but we don't see the 10,000 right. hours it took to get there. Yeah. Well, also some of my entrepreneurial advice that I give to people is you can say a really controversial message, but you need to back it up. You need to know without a doubt you are correct and everyone else is wrong. Just, I mean, I don't know about confused as to how like the body works or like complete off the idiot scale, which is like what I found when um, I, I did my next product, uh, which was uh, more fitness and muscular focused. Uh, you know, there's just hardly any science at all in uh, strength training. At least I, there's some brilliant science that exists, but it doesn't make it into gyms. That's, that's what I, I just saw, like, you know, and also I really get irritated when people uh, defend the strength training industry or, or just fitness in general, because I would say it's probably the most failed human endeavor. Like how many people sign up for the gym and two years later, they're just as fat and no stronger. And it's easy to say, well, yeah, that person's, you know, they didn't try hard or they kept eating Twinkies. Okay. Well, whatever the answer, they failed. And these statistics have been tracked in different studies, you know, the studies that nobody seems to know about, but they're really well documented in the book. And, um, but the, the, the top one percentile of lean, so percentage body fat uh, males in the United States is a 10.9% body fat, which is, hardly impressive like 10.9 percent it's like yeah maybe you can see the outline of your top abdominals not your bottom ones like that's like bore like like you look like you work out 
So really only 1% of America. Well, that would be a, that would be a nice dad bod is what it would be. Yeah. Which is, I think, I think, but one percent. I understand that, and that that's definitely disturbing. Uh, no question about it. But I think that's a a, a legitimate goal for that one percent should be the goal for most people, because most people don't want to walk around at five percent body fat, because that actually is unhealthy. Yeah. Right. So what's the sweet spot, right? I mean, so some of us are just leaner naturally than others. Most of us, some of I carry more weight than the average person. I, I could stand to lose some weight. I'm 5'10", 220 pounds, but I'd probably look a hell and feel a lot better at 205. And I know I do because I've been there before. Right. Uh, but and being super lean is fleeting. Like your body wants to fight you. And, correct. You know, yeah, right. It's, just, it's a survival thing, right? Survival mechanism. Your body yeah. likes a certain body fat keeps fat. you warm. Right. So your body wants, right. But my point is the failure rate Yes. Well, the fitness industry is high. so high. And like and we go through and we go through it every year. We're about to see it between now, right? And like March, <laughs> right. which is where we really see that failure rate skyrocket. Right. Whereas all of a sudden the gym's empty and you're looking around like, is this place closed today? Did I accidentally walk in and they like forgot to lock the door? <clears throat> no. I mean, uh, a, a lot of the things we ask people to do are hard. And they don't produce results. People will go a couple months and they look, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, I don't look any different. So it's, uh, I, I really, I really encourage people to keep that in mind when they go to pick up the book, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. I want to dig into that a little bit. I mean, obviously you're we're, we're touching on, I'm sure, some of the information that's in the book. I have not read it yet. Uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 the I, whole, I, like, most failed human endeavor. <laughs> that's, that's a reoccurring theme in the yeah. book. Yeah. Just want to get people to think, like, stop putting this practice on a pedestal because it doesn't work. It's, it's not just not working for, like, some people. It's like a 99% failure rate. I mean, would you invest with an, an investment company that had that lost 99% of its money? Right. Well, that's what going to do. Yeah, obviously it's a lucrative business though, right? I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business, uh, you know, the, the fitness and health industry. Misdirected Hope is, uh, is a great right. business. I think most people's intent is to get fit, right? Most people want to feel better, live longer. Nobody's ever asked me, how do I get fatter and weaker? Right. So the, the, the desire is there, but where's the effort, right? And that where's the the commitment. And that's where most people fail in life with just about anything. And I think think the lack of effort and commitment is because there's a tremendous lack of results. Right. Like if you went in there and it worked, you wouldn't quit. So, you know, like, like anybody who like finds what they're good at and like somebody realizes they're, you know, really great at whatever, being a chef, they don't, you know, go back to the gas station and ask for a job tending the gas station. They're like, oh, got to go to, you know, chef school, culinary school. So <clears throat> I think we, uh, we need to look at the things that work. And the whole idea of, and I think I'm, I'm pretty unique. I didn't see this coming. I think I'm pretty unique in the fitness industry in that I'm actually speaking to the fans of the industry, but I'm a scientist. There doesn't seem to be like any other ones. I mean, like Lane Norton, he does that. And uh, he does a pretty good job of it. But unfortunately, like his fans are really kind of angry, jealous people, and they kind of hate everyone. So he has to play into what they want, which I think paints him in a unfortunate way, which was not his intention when he got into it. Like he really wanted to promote science, whereas really now it's just like, 
he kind of just ends up ridiculing people. Well, I think what happens is when somebody's really at a high level of, of knowledge, wisdom mm-hmm. in, in an area, right, knows a lot more than, than the general pop uh, or even most of their peers, there becomes a big gap, a big divide, and then there's, they don't kind of understand each other. They don't mm-hmm. see things the same way. And there's all there's I think there's just a I, I think it's just one of those things that happens. It's like uh, it's like me talking to my son about big, big, big world topics or, you know, big experience, experiential things that only he would know if he was closer to my age, because I've invested 45 years in getting to that point, And he's only at not nine years old. Right. So I'm talking so far over his head, he doesn't get it. That's why most mm-hmm. of us in, my, in the industry, fitness industry, or a lot of industries, we have to speak to people at a seventh grade level for our audience to mm-hmm. actually understand where we're coming from. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I know this because, again, I've been around the block more than once. I've been doing this since the 90s. So I, I have a great deal of understanding, yeah. even though I don't have the same level of Right. I don't have the degrees that some of these other people have. I don't have the, the 10,000 hours making medical devices. You don't need a degree to understand something. Correct. So, but this is controversial stuff because, I mean, people are going to hear this and say, okay, so what? I should like throw my barbell away or I should stop doing calisthenics. Like that's no good for me anymore. But I don't, you're not saying that, are you? You're just saying that there's a better way to get the results that you're after? I wouldn't waste my time with calisthenics and I wouldn't pick up a barbell uh, and I'm in better shape than probably, I don't know, 90% of most people who would be called in shape. Uh, but I'm applying some different principles. So I call the book weightlifting as a waste of time, not resistance training as a waste of time because that's false. Resistance training is awesome. If you apply the resistance with a better understanding of what the human body can tolerate. Um, And, you know, when, when I, when I did my bone density research and like if somebody's bench pressing and they got the bar on their chest, they can hold X amount of weight. Right. Well, I actually determined what they can handle just short of lockout, not here, but here. Right. And it's seven times that number. So, if you have a seven-fold variability through your range of motion, it would be, I mean, once you know that, now I, I, I was at a point where I was the only one in the world that knew that because it was based on my bone density tests and, and my medical device for bone density that I gathered that information. And I, and I just realized when looking at the power output capabilities in various ranges of motion, like, God, weightlifting sucks. Because you always have the same weight. That's not how the body works. You have sevenfold capacity. Well, you're really never fatiguing the stronger range of motion or the mid-range of motion or the almost weak range of motion. It's just the weak range. That's the only thing you're fatiguing. Or you have the least amount of muscle firing. And here's another perfect example. I I put this on Instagram yesterday. If you have to, to engage more than one stimuli, like more than one set, to, to stimulate a change, well, you, you, you failed already. Like, and you fail to understand adaptation because adaptation requires one stimulus only. You know, building a callus, I got huge calluses, one stimulus. Uh, getting a suntan, one stimulus. Like, no one says how many sets do you need to do in the sunlight to get a suntan. That, that question doesn't make sense. Okay. Well, I have a question then. What People are going to ask maybe then, what about like cardiovascular health and conditioning? Yeah, my, my general position around that, and I have more than 100 studies referenced to discuss this, uh, I don't think there is such a thing as cardio. Cardio is just really strength training uh, where you don't get stronger at all because uh, you're beating up on your joints, you're contracting muscle, you're forcing the heart to perform, but it's at a low level of intensity for an extended period of time. Now, what stimulus have we ever seen that, was, that did really well with a long exposure 
with a, a, a low intensity of the actual stimuli. None, nothing, nothing works like that in the body. So why would exercise be different? It's not. So like, like if you look at cardiovascular performance and longevity tests, the healthiest is the weightlifter. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. This episode is brought to you by 24HourTFix.com. The 24-Hour Testosterone Fix is a simple blueprint to help men reset their metabolism, slow down the aging process, and pack on lean muscle and have more sex without drugs. Visit 24HourTFix.com to boost tea naturally and have more energy. That's 24HourTFix.com. Now there's a myth that I totally understand where it came from. I'm 240 pounds, six feet tall, and I'm lean. So, uh, like when I, there's a, there's a story I tell about this where I'm with this guy who runs marathons and I'm in the Munich airport and we're trying to get a connecting flight to Moscow. <clears throat> the Munich airport, for some reason, I don't know. It's like the land of stairs. Like you got to run up and down flights of stairs to like, you know, go through German immigration. And then you got to go through like a Russian interview thing. And then you, and then you got to pick up your bags and you got to re- uh, you know, have them re-examined through whatever the Russian TSA is because they have it on the German side. And it's just like, you're just running up and down the stairs. And every time I'm there with this guy, I'm like covered in sweat and I'm out of breath. And he goes, well, your cardio is not very good. And I said, no, that's not the problem. My quadriceps are five times bigger than yours. So I'm running a bigger engine that requires more blood. So my heart has to work harder. Like I'm not, stimulating myself to be a distance runner. I'd weigh a hundred pounds less if I wanted to do that. So I'm trying to carry as much size for explosive power as possible. So just, you know, like we, we become uh, products of our, our environment and my environment is incredibly heavy loads, like ridiculously heavy loads, high, high rep, deadlifts with 600 pounds, you know, 20, 25 repetitions with 600 pounds. But, like but, you, but using bands, uh, band right. resistance, not, not free weights. Latex resistance in, Latex. in yeah. And it, it come right. So like at the bottom, I'm holding hundred pounds and at the top I'm holding well, 600. You're strong. Right. Sure. Right. Right. So, I mean, but that is like, it's a brutal workout. Which is it, where a lot of power lifters, I mean, Mike, who I work for was, um, he was really into, into lifting heavy and, you know, powerlifting in, in college football mm-hmm. and used to sponsor a lot of powerlifting meets. And then he himself got really heavy uh, into powerlifting for like a three-year stretch. And, you know, these guys are using the bands uh, wrapped on the ends of barbells. They're using chains. They're using a lot of this stuff, which gives them the force, the forces that you're talking about. To yeah, some, variable some force. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my concern with those guys is that like when I told you, you can hold whatever you can hold here as X, you can hold seven X here. Uh, the problem is that with that, that's kind of like a one rep thing, which you never want to go for if you want to fatigue the muscle because one rep is really only fatiguing the central nervous system. So that's plenty of research done on that. <clears throat> so what we use is more like X and five X and then, you know, a little bit lower of a general um, the resistance. So instead of like, like the, the chest press I do, it's 550 pounds at the top. It's about 300 pounds in the middle and it's about a hundred pounds down here. So I'll go through a set. So it's not exactly the seven X difference, but that way I can keep moving. And so I might do 20 repetitions full range and then I can't get there anymore. Then I'm like half repetitions. And then the last repetition may be just a couple of millimeters. Or even an isometric hold at the bottom or something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. you know, you're done when you can't move. Right. So what does a typical, I mean, I, I think people listening right now uh, <laughs> who are like still like trying to understand 
like yeah. everything it's that they've been doing is, is wrong for a long time and I'm, even even me to some extent but what does a typical workout with your equipment look like paint the picture of what like a routine the length of it what movements you're doing how long it takes what you feel like and how often in a week are you doing that six days a week uh, workouts are 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how muscular you are. Because like I said, the larger a muscle, the more recovery time it needs. There's nothing to do. Like you see a 14 year old kid do bicep curls and he might do an absolute failure. He drops the dumbbells and you know, like 30 seconds later, he's ready for like his squats. Right. Whereas like a guy with larger biceps, uh, you know, just totally gassed from doing a set of bicep curls. So, uh, and it's just the size of the muscle and how much blood has to be pumped there. Uh, so that's where, you know, you're like, the workouts are like 10 to 15 minutes, uh, four sets per workout. So now they're really intense sets. They're like gasping for air, having to sit down between sets. So like, a, you, like if uh, one, like a workout has what, three movements, four movements in it? Like if you do, you'll do like deadlifts, bench press, uh, maybe sometimes overhead press. Yeah, yeah like, like like we go deadlifts, bent rows, calves, uh, and bicep curls, and that's one workout. And then the other workout is chest press, <clears throat> tricep press, uh, overhead press, and uh, yeah, I've been, I've been playing with. Uh, the order of things. So yeah. Oh, and then, and then crossovers like to really finish off the chest. So like, cause you know, ultimately I don't care where you put your hands. Uh, also there's a myth that like, if your hands are closer together, that you're not activating the pectorals, you're activating the triceps completely wrong. Uh, in fact, where do you think? So the, the pectoral muscle brings the humerus bone across the body. Right. So by keeping your hands wide, that's going to make this engage more? No. No. You're at the end of the range of – I don't know who, who came up with that stupid crap, but that's stupid crap. Right. Like, that's just not the way it works. So you want to keep the hands close together, but you don't want to let the elbows drop. Because I think that's the mistake people make is they're really doing almost like a close grip, you know, uh, uh, elbows in sort of tricep isolation. So if you you got to keep the arms flared and then right. you know push away and, uh, and and you know that works just fine. But there's so many of these like I, I I track these things I call them falsehoods of fitness and there's like twelve like I've done like twelve videos so I summarize them in the book. Uh, you know just just crazy nonsense that's just like never been true. Here's another one: parts of a muscle. You know, I'm working on the outer heads of my bicep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not how anything works, but be my guest. Here's what happens is like some bodybuilder shows up and he just happens to have the shape of a muscle that's like more pleasing than somebody else. You know, some, some people have, you know, like the tendon insertion is, is pushed in here. Right. So the biceps taller, like Arnold's looks like an apple was stitched in. in right. Here. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. But that's like your fingerprint, man. Like right. you didn't exercise for that shape. You're born with it. Yeah. Some people's arms, when they make a bicep, it's, it's, it's like long. Right. It's right. the, I mean, the it's insertion like points. Kind of like that. Like, right. And see, some like, guys have more. more insertion. You got to look in here. Right. More of a, right. Yeah. yeah so, right. and that's for all, all kinds of parts of the body. I mean, yeah. I, I used to work for a guy who had a, phys a phenomenal physique and he knew his way around all, all the lifts. He was just as strong as me doing a calf raise, only his calves were non-existent. It's like, you, it's like he didn't even have them. You know, and we've all seen these guys. I mean, you look at half the NBA players, they don't have really big impressive calf muscles, but they can jump four feet high. Right, but also they're – uh, tibia and fibula are yeah. like, you know, nine yeah. inches longer than yours and mine. Correct. So. And, and right. I was going to, I was going to say earlier when you said that gymnasts are, were, were like the number one uh, athlete, 
in, when it comes to bone strength, but I would have to also, I would have to say second to them must be like uh, bas- high level basketball players when it comes to that. Yeah. Coincidentally, acceleration. Coincidentally, X3 is used by a ton of professional athletes. They give me their endorsement for free. So like the entire Miami Heat basketball team, you can read on the back of the book the endorsement we got from the Heat. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's their strength program. That's what they use, X3. Uh, and then they do drills, you know, so they're better basketball players. They still got to do that. Right, but, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Andre Drummond on the Pistons. Yeah. He's an X3 user. And there's a couple guys whose names I can't mention because they used it. You know, they put some pictures on social media and I call them or I message them on social media. And it's like, Hey man, you know, what, what can I do to, to help you? Like I can give you a lot of free advice. Uh, that's usually what it takes to get, get some of these kids are such fans of the product already, but some of these guys, their brand is worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. So like, they're just like, I can't do that. Cause if I do it for you, I got to do it for, you know, the next guy that comes along that I just think is a cool guy. And I right. now all of a sudden my brand's not worth anything. Right. Right. But, Interesting. Yeah. So I, I get, so I mean like there's like a quarterback that is often referred to as the greatest quarterback who ever lived, who's a huge X3 user. And it's like, you know, like he, he wanted hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not giving you that. Like, I'm like, at some point, X3 will be bigger than you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. Also, when athletes retire, their value drops like a rock. People forget. It's really weird. No, but you're right. I yeah. mean, if like, once, once you're retired for like a year, you're just not top of mind anymore and, yeah. and people you forget know, about you fast. I don't know why. It's like Floyd Mayweather. It's like, what's he sponsoring now? Nothing. Nobody wants him. And it's not because he's all of a sudden bad at boxing. It's just he's just not a top of mind. People are thinking about who's fighting in the next fight, not who fought a couple years ago. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. Wow. Yeah, so in, I, fact, in fact, um, I, I got um, – so I, I met just socially uh, in 1992. Uh, uh, you know, they, they had two splits. It was like over 200 and under 200 in bodybuilding uh, for Mr. USA. So this guy, he's a little shorter, and so he was in – uh, <clears throat> they have like what's called the tall man category. And then right. they have like the other category. He was in the other one. So uh, it was 19 and flex wheeler was in the tall man category. And this guy won for the, for the kind of shorter category in 1992. And so I was like, you know, tell him about X3 and he goes, it's weird. I, I want to make a comeback and win the masters, Mr. USA. And I was like, great. Like, well, let me work with you. And like, I don't know anything about bodybuilding bodybuilding. There's not a lot of science in bodybuilding. It's sort of like, uh, you know, a lot of gym lore that's passed down. A lot of it just tr- via trial and error does work. Now I'm, t- I'm talking about like water retention and dehydration and manipulating carb loading. And like, there's a whole mm-hmm. thing. There's a know? lot of different practices and, and, oh, yeah. and there a lot of them are conflicting. Gotten it right. Gotten their physiques to similar places in different ways, right? I think we Completely can all agree on that. Anyway, so, so this guy, uh, he just ended up taking second place in the Masters, Mr. USA, but he did not touch a weight. Wow. He didn't touch a weight in years. He just started using X3 and built an even bigger physique than he had when he won in 1992 when he was on stage with Flex Wheeler. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a statement. That's another guy we – we don't compensate. Do you have, what are your thoughts on isometric training? Just out of curiosity, because in, in for anyone listening, isometrics, which is a, has been a kind of a 
let's say a hotter topic in, in the world uh, that we live in uh, for the last few years. Anyway, people are uh, get a little bit excited about something where they don't have to even move. They just have to brace or hold the, hold their body in position where you're getting a fairly intense muscle contraction, depending on the exercises that you're implementing. Um, what, what are your thoughts on something like that? So, when OsteoStrong was first developed, my bone density device, a lot of people called it isometric. But the problem is if you do a literature review, meaning gathering all the research on that subject, most studies say isometrics do absolutely nothing. There's a reason for this, and it's because most people studying, studying it do it wrong and don't know what the hell they're doing. So do isometrics work? Yes, they do. However, they need to be applied in the right way. And if they're applied in a weaker range of motion, like a wall sit is an isometric. Right. We, we get stronger from a wall sit? No. Because you're in completely a mechanical disadvantage. Like you're like that, you know, you're, 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 you're uh, uh, a femur, right? <laughs> thanks, thanks. And the tibia and the fibula are coming down here. <laughs> it's like the most basic word. Um, and uh, so, I mean, your, your femur is arcing, you know, it's doing this. Right. And your tibia and fibula are doing that to a smaller degree. But what amount of tissue are you actually engaging? Why does it hurt so bad? it's because you're engaging a tiny amount of tissue. Like it's like the most disadvantageous parallel legs parallel to the ground is like the most disadvantageous position you can be in. So it's just torture. You won't grow from that. You're not engaging a lot of muscle. What about like a sissy squat, which is an old school muscle building exercise? Is like a, that's a, like a big Vince Gironda body weight only exercise for mm -hmm. building mm -hmm. thighs. Right. And you go really low range of motion. That's good. That I would say is like, you know, I mean, like X3 is going to be better because we're going to give you more variance. But yeah, I mean, if you want to train legs like that, you'll do a hell of a lot better, if, you know, than, than doing a standard. Uh, you know, so shortening the range of motion, focusing on stronger range of motion, not locking out and keeping constant tension. Like those are the things right. that are going to drive growth. So, so obviously there's elements of, of of goodness if you want to if you will with certain free weight activity it's just what's become yeah norm yeah there's, and, there's and some free weight activity is is really what you're saying is lacking is right. not results driven and that's why people are kind of going through this cycle of no success year in and year right. out with what they're following right and then and then also they'll they won't <clears throat> choose exercises with any um considerations so you know like a lateral raise great way to destroy the shoulder <laughs> great way to shoulder up and then you know then you're not lifting at all anymore you know so it's like oh well did you pick a stupid exercise no nah, my shoulder just started to hurt oh, okay you don't see the connection okay uh yeah and and, and like you know do a shoulder press or an upright row if you lack the range of motion. Like Phil Hernan, he's a uh, he was Mr. USA in 1995, and uh, he's another friend of mine. And like he did all kinds of lateral raises, and like he can barely lift his arms. Yeah. So I can't have him do an overhead press, but I can have him do an upright row with a lighter weight and just go, you know, pretty high reps and he can still fatigue the, you know, the, the full deltoid. Uh, but like, if you can do an overhead press, you're fatiguing all three heads completely. Like just don't even do anything else. Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. This episode is brought to you by 24 hour The 24 hour testosterone fix is a simple blueprint to help men reset their metabolism, slow down the aging process, and pack on lean muscle and have more sex without drugs. Visit 24HourTFix.com to boost tea naturally and have more energy. That's 24HourTFix.com. The confusion is the complexity 
of uh, or variety even of movements that people think mm-hmm. they need to incorporate into a workout when really you could choose you know four exercises <laughs> and just do those four for a lifetime if depending on how you do did them with different strength tools and devices this is and, the way and get exactly. and get better results well in most people most fitness fans and i'm not going to fully psychoanalyze or intelligence analyze fitness fans, uh, despite how funny people find me when I do that. Uh, the, um, when you look at the behavior of most people who are fans of fitness articles, I, I like to say they bear the mark of the last truck that hit them. Because it's like the last article they read is like, this is going to change everything. And so they'll be doing like a fitness program or, you know, whatever for like two weeks. And then they read some other article and it's just total change, pivot. I'm going this way. And then, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, get stuck at an airport and they read a flex magazine. I'm going to do something like, and, and they don't ever know that anything either worked or didn't. They're just haphazardly bumping into things and yes. training, you know, yes. changing direction, sort of like an amoeba. Yeah, that's what an amoeba does. It just yeah. goes until it bumps into something and changes direction. Yeah. And I find this tragic because they're, they're learning nothing about themselves. They're learning nothing about sports science and Coincidentally, most of these articles have zero to do with any science and usually get the science completely wrong. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I see these people and I'm like, you, you really got to like forget everything you think you've learned. And, you know, it's a little self-promotion, but I am a self-promoter. So, you know, I'm right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm like, read the book, read the book I wrote. Like, I, I swear to God. And then, and then when you're done with that book, never read a fitness magazine again, because what you're coming across is such garbage and, and just made up, just nonsense. And then people will, you know, once they do that, and I do get a large percentage of people who are like, hey, you, know, you sound like you make a lot of sense. So I'll give it a shot. And as soon as they do, they're like, I put on 10 pounds of muscle, you know, like two months later, I send me an email. Well, and I mean, they, I, I'm certainly willing to be a... Uh, a invest in in one of your x3 uh devices just because you know just out of curiosity just to just to test it just to give it a try just to see uh how how i like it what it feels like um what i can do with it obviously for those listening who are interested um where can you start directing people who want to read a little bit more about this uh what, what are some of the best Platform. I would aim them at the book, uh, okay. but uh, you know, also the x3bar.com website. There's plenty of information there. You can see before and afters from real users. These are real users that are on the forum. We have a fan run forum. It's not run by our company. It's run by our fans. Uh, and that's uh, the x3bar Facebook group. Um, and there's like 26,000 people in there. Uh, and like regular participants. So, uh, and it's, if you want an unbiased opinion, like there's some goofy opinions in there where clearly somebody bought something they didn't understand. Right. Uh, you know, they, or they used it wrong. Um, but the, other than those instances, people are very happy with it and they get awesome results. I, I, I probably get this email five times a week where somebody says I've made more progress with X3 in the last six months than I did in the last 10 years of lifting. And they mean, you know, muscularity, size, uh, drop, you know, the drop in body fat because there's the growth hormone skyrocketing because of the afferent firing. Uh, that's, that's a big point of the book, uh, growth hormone going up and and enhancing lipolysis because you're doing self-stabilization movements. People don't understand. Yeah. It's fixed. Like if you're doing exercises on a Smith machine, you're, you're not, you're not getting the benefit you could not even close. Just, now, what, what would you say for the person who is open to trying, but uh, even somebody like myself that really has a lifetime of training with weights and enjoying it to some degree where we, where it was a blended uh, type workout. Shh. 
Wait, you mean they want to do X3? Well, maybe else? X3 gets, you know, gets a two workouts a week, three workouts a week, but then they still have like one or two days where they're still doing, you know, barbell, dumbbell training. Or, won't I, mean, well. I mean, the barbell and dumbbell training are like arcane and step ba- steps backwards by comparison. Now, I know people who li- like lifting like that. They don't like hearing that. But it's like, okay. I mean, like well, I don't like whole- hearing it. I'll be perfectly honest with yeah, you. Yeah, of course you don't. You've been I, doing I it for a long time. I love training with, I love pulling deadlifts and picking 315 pounds up for reps and stuff. Now, what they end up liking about X3 is X3 is a lot harder than lifting weights. Like, and I don't, I make, I don't, I never say X3 is easy. It's not easy at all. It's really hard because you go to a much deeper level of exhaustion because you have the variance. So, you know, you go to fatigue here and then here and then here and then here with different repetitions and uh and you're you're spent like way beyond what you get with a regular weightlifting set so they like that is this more of a challenge yeah it almost sounds a little bit more like uh, how dorian yates used to train with free weights dorian yates was obviously a, a multi uh multi time uh, olympian if you want to say i think he was a four time or six time olympian with with a tremendously dense muscular physique probably one of the best And he used to do, once he was warmed up, he would pretty much do one set uh, for an exercise till failure Um, and work within within different ranges of motion as much as he could do within a certain range of motion. So, you know, maybe he had full range of motion to like a partial to like, like an isometric hold at the end. And then pretty much that was it for that exercise. And then he would move on. So what he was trying to do was make that single set much more intense with forced reps. Yes. And, and all kind of, yeah, I, I read blood and guts 20 times. Uh, you know, it's like he was talking about bodybuilding and I was thinking, you know, like where's the physiology here? Where does his comments on what he did to make him the most muscular guy on earth versus like what how can i dovetail this with the science and when i look at variance and constant tension used together it's basically the same thing so uh, it's, it's a shame i i had somebody who was good friends with one of dorian's best friends and we were all gonna have like lunch and these two guys ended up getting in this horrible fight then dorian lives in spain happened to be in marbella yeah. spain like where he lived and uh, oh, they ended up wanting to kill each other. Like, I had to stand between them and keep them from swinging at each other. And I'm like, damn it. I think that, I think that lunch with Dorian's off. Ah, uh, that's uh, too bad. Faust, that yeah, would have been, yeah, been a cool connection for sure. Uh, I, it's, it's just a matter of time. I know he knows about X3 now. This yeah. was like two years ago. Like, yeah. I, hadn't, I, I just started, like, running Facebook ads. Whereas now, you know, we're, we have ads everywhere. Uh, you've probably seen my ads. Well, yeah, now, now that it's like one of those things, once you buy a car then you start seeing that car uh, on the road, other people are driving it. So it's, it's right. like one of those things, you know? <laughs> I, think, I think it's also like if somebody like Googles my name or something, they're in the pipeline. Right. And it's just like all of a sudden, That's you know, true. they open up their, their favorite, right. uh, you know, whatever Pong game on, uh, on their iPhone. And there's like a banner ad and they're like, it's right. three. Like, yeah. How are these people following me around? Oh, by the way, your phone doesn't listen to you and gather information. It doesn't. It does not. No, there's nothing about social media advertising that does that. I I spend uh, this past year $7 million on social media ad buying. I would know. And so it does not listen. It doesn't listen to you, but it does know what you're you're interested in by what you type in your phone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's very true. You can look something up on Instagram and then all of a sudden you see something on Facebook that's related or something yeah, like that or uh, YouTube. With the same company. So they're right. definitely sharing info. Oh, right. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, why wouldn't they? Right. I mean, if you're interested in it, like. Right. Right. Uh, right. They want to feed, feed the beast. Here's more right. of what you like. Yeah. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. So uh, where can they go get the book? And again, where uh, mention again where they can go get X3 and read more about that because I'm, I, sure. I'm sure it, any, the, anyone anybody, on this any, call is still interested. Yes. So 
anybody who's like, I mean, some people listen to me and they're just like, I want to try what this guy's, what this guy's doing. Cause it sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Well, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense cause it does. Uh, but, but if you're still apprehensive, I mean, that's okay. Read the book. Yeah. Don't go, don't go just get the product, read the book. Yeah. Cause I also know that the users that read the book, once the book came out, they're like, I thought this thing was amazing just because it, I was putting on muscle and then once I read the book, I was doing, I realized I was doing a couple of things, you know, maybe not with the right intensity and my, my nutrition was off. That's another th- reason that people don't sure. get results is like, I mean, if you know, if you understand how much protein you really need to grow, like most people are getting a third of the protein they need. And it's like, well, you know, without the building blocks, it's never going to happen. So and that's another thing the book talks about. Well, that's good. So it does go into the n- nutritional uh, uh, needs of, of the body. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. So there was a, there was a cancer treatment of, uh, like 20 years ago uh, that was a really refined type of essential amino acid that was made out of bacterial fermentation. And it was given to chemo patients to... Um, to keep their muscle protein synthesis up. So they'd be in bed just like so weakened by the chemotherapy that they couldn't move, but they were still able to maintain and even gain in some cases muscle because they had this very anabolic protein. So after the patent ran, ran out on it, I, uh, I approached these guys and I said, I, I would like to do this and focus it on, on fitness because I have a really effective variable resistance product. And they're like, oh, you don't want to do that. Like, we, won't, we don't even want to help you. And, uh, you know, because fitness people are stupid. Like, they won't understand. They won't understand that there's a more efficient protein. They won't even want to believe it, which was largely true. Like, uh, the, the response from a lot of people was disappointing. But I said, if you look at how scientific my, my main product is, like, they have to understand that to want it. Because people who don't understand that, they're like, well, I don't get it. It's like a short bar and like a couple of bands. Like, why would I want that? Uh, it's like, okay, well, if you don't read into what it actually is and what it'll do to your body. Well, I can see somebody coming to that sort of simplistic conclusion. But, and I don't blame people for, there's a lot of junk products out there that won't do anything for you. Sure. Perfect push-up. Like, it's a joke. Thigh blaster. Thigh blaster. Like, Susan Summers relaunched that thing like three times. I, I know, I know. And she raked it in. It won't go away. It's no. still out there. I know it. Still out there. So, so when when I uh, you know when I talk, told these guys like I make scientific presentations to the general population, and I I simplify things, but I don't oversimplify because oversimplify is another word for wrong. So, like I really. Like if I'm good at anything, it's that. It's taking a complex scientific message and getting it to be understandable for a percentage of the population. So they go, okay, you know, give this a shot. So like that's one of the things I get a little beat up on with the with the book because it it is sort of a commercial for some of these things. But you know, I mean, nobody makes money writing books anymore. So why do you write a book? Probably to talk about you know, a, a program or a product or, or, or something like that. And of course, I'm not holding a gun to anybody's head to buy the product, but it does go over all the research. There's 16 different studies on variable resistance in the book that explain exactly why you only want to train that way and you would not want to train any other way. And, you know, like with the, with the protein that, uh, that was developed, it was really developed, you know, as a cancer treatment and I adapted it. Uh, to make it you know more anabolic for somebody who wants to. And where where can I get that? 
the that one's on fortigen.com it's called fortigen could you but, spell um, that just just so everyone listening knows well fortunately there's a <laughs> lot a lot of words and a lot of brands and so i put it all on one landing page it's drj.com oh okay well that makes it really easy yeah so d-o-c-t-o-r the letter j.com wow great yeah that's that's great so if they if they if they wind up there they can, that'll kind of lead them in, in, in a yeah. good, good I mean, direction. They'll, they'll find out about the osteoporosis device and there's two links. One says superior training, the other one says superior nutrition. So the nutrition one gets you to the protein product. Um, and that was a big breakthrough based on observation of the users of the X3 in the beginning. So many of them weren't getting the protein. And I'm like, yeah, you need, you know, your body weight, you need to eat like two pounds of steak. And people will be like, I could never do that. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, you can. I eat three pounds of steak in one meal, like every day, if I, if I want to. But then the reason I developed or reappropriated, uh, you know, the the Fortigen discovery uh, was because people weren't hitting these targets. And they really thought they were unable to eat that much meat. And, you know, in reality, just because I did it was mostly because I understood it. And I had a level of conviction that was like, nobody's standing in my way of eating three pounds of steak. And once I realized most people just wouldn't do that, it was like, okay, I got to come up with a better way. And so that was, that was the Fortigen. And, uh, you know, so that is uh, available and we sell in 45 serving containers. So somebody can go and it's even on like a subscription, which is a huge discount. You know, it's, it's not that expensive. And also like one, one dose of it is equal to like eight ounces of steak. So like, like, I don't know of a, of an eight ounce steak that I can get for two bucks. Yeah, I don't know either unless uh, unless they got one and over the fence. If you saw an eight ounce steak priced at two dollars, you would need it. No. No. I don't think so. <laughs> probably look like it got run over by a car. Yeah, yeah, so probably, I, yeah, would be run over by a car. <laughs> no, good. Like, yeah. So you I gotta discount this. Somebody ran over it. I typed uh-huh. it in my computer, so I uh, this is uh, the spot to go, drj.com. So D O C T O R J dot com and from there, you can uh, look at the book, which is a Wall Street uh, Journal bestseller, uh, and you can find out more about uh, the nutrition and the uh, bone health and just about everything that he's uh, been talking about that's, again, highly controversial stuff. I mean, this is... <laughs> once, once, here's, here's something that's so weird. When I developed the bone density device... Um, like it was very controversial too. And I sure. upset a lot of people in the pharmaceutical industry because uh, I you know, came up with a, an alternative that had no side effects associated and worked better. And so, yeah, I mean, it was controversial and, and they were, I, I, got, I got invited to speak uh, at the World Congress on osteoporosis. And I thought they were going to do like, you know, like threaten me or something like that. Eventually, even the pharmaceutical companies were like, you're doing something great. This is cool. Like not everybody's going to do this, but that's where we come in. And they had a really great attitude. So like whenever somebody says like, you know, the medical institution is totally corrupt. And I'm like, well, not totally. Like, cause I got, I got treated uh, incredibly well as a guy who didn't fund the institutions that put the education together. Like, you know, I didn't have that kind of money. It was like a kid. It was 13 years ago. So, you know, I show up and I'm like the youngest guy by like 30 years to speak at this thing. And then they were really cool. So the International Osteoporosis Foundation, really awesome people. Wow. They just care about what's going to help people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really refreshing. Like every biohacker kind of group that I tell that to, they're yeah. like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, because everybody's worried that they're just being pitched whatever drug is under patent that is funding them. And they're not really getting the right information. You know, it's sort of like every couple of years is like a new uh, antihistamine allergy medication. If you go into anaphylactic shock and you go and you can still swallow and you go to a hospital, do they give you any of those new things? Nope. They give you Benadryl 
Benadryl's been around for like 70 years. And there's a reason they give you Benadryl. It's because that's the one that works. Yeah. Might make you tired, but it works. It'll wow. keep your throat from closing. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about. It's yeah. like, well, what about all these fancy new patented drugs? And they're like, no, we need to give you what works. <laughs> so it's another example of the yes. thing I'm talking yeah. about. No, I love it. Well, yeah, yeah. I appreciate all the uh, all the information and uh I know I'm gonna I'll get myself a copy because I gotta I gotta go through those pages and see what uh apparently I've been doing wrong for twenty five years, huh? <laughs> well, I mean I don't also, know I'll be stopping overnight, but uh I've really? definitely What's really interesting is that uh, Dr. Baker, you know, Sean Baker, the carnivore doctor. I know a bunch of carnivore doctors, but not, I, I, uh, He's the, probably just, him and Paul Saladino. Are well, the, that Paul Saladino has been on our show. So I know Paul, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Baker's like, got a, he's got a very different style. And ba oh, okay. Baker actually, like he comes right out and says like, you know, veganism is like a mental disorder. I don't disagree with that either. <laughs> well, I, I, I do say I, there's, there's a lot of confusion yes. that has brought people to, to this, but I'll say like I, in podcasts, I have said veganism is a lot like bulimia and anorexia. Those people think they're doing something healthy also. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I, concur. I, I do think veganism is going to go down in history as a, as a eating disorder. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just because people are misled you know, or, or they treat it like it's a religion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to put my personal uh, my personal uh, approach to because there's uh, people can have great success. in like we said earlier, in with different, different approaches ways, sure. in, in life. Um, I'm much more of a believer in um, being an omnivore, which I think that's kind of what we're set up for. But I do think that more people should lean on the side of carnivore with more, you know, more meats and more healthy fats in their diet versus all the other processed garbage that people are mm -hmm. filling their plates with. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's where most people's health has gone wrong because 90% of what they're eating is, you know, not good, clean, you know, no. whole food items it's no it's processed stuff it's, it's like right now americans eat 70 percent plant-based and we're fatter and sicker than ever than ever correct right and in the and in the, like the 1960s people ate 70 percent meat-based and 30 percent plant-based we were a lot healthier back then yep yep so the idea that going to 80 percent plant-based is going to be better is insane yes no i i I do They're doubling down on the mistake and saying, well, yeah, we need to keep going. Yeah, I know okay. it. I know it. Yeah, I know. Going in the wrong direction. I, I do I do agree with that. Well, the reason, hang on one second. The reason yeah. I brought Baker up is he said, I love the name of your book. And I was actually kind of concerned because he endorsed the book before I came up with a name for it. And I was like, you know, I mean, he's like a world record holder, uh, uh, power lifter. And he holds records for... Uh, I mean, he has records in the deadlift, but records in indoor rowing. Uh, and then a couple other things. I think he's, uh, he, you know, he's won the, the Scottish games a bunch of times. And uh, so he's a really powerful guy. And he says, um, I love the name of, of your book. And I was like, wow, I, I really didn't think you'd like it. He goes, you know, you could have called your book like the X3 method or whatever. And like your customers would have bought it, but nobody would have really cared. You would have sold a couple hundred and now I've sold 75,000. Right. Because the name of the book is weightlifting is a waste of time. Because I think while a lot of people react very negatively, um, it's just because they just can't imagine what's in there is true. There's a lot more people who have tried weightlifting and said it didn't do shit. So they're like, well, I, I believe it's a waste of time, but I want to find out why. And so they get the book and a lot of them end up getting the product. So, yeah. So it's, it's really worked well. Um, and, you know, it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Like that doesn't happen to everybody. Right. It's oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Well, I really, I appreciate your time and, um, and what we've uh, discussed here today has definitely been, uh, uh, 
I'll tell you, I, I didn't know what to anticipate. I really didn't. Um, I, I only had a loose understanding of what you've been doing. And, uh, but now I think you've piqued my curiosity. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll nice. investigate a little, a little further. And that's really the best thing that I think you can do is just get people to think, uh, think about health or their own physical health, their own uh, physical strength a little bit differently and be open to mm -hmm. a possibility of something that's, that is better and ultimately faster. Um, and and to, to everyone's after how much, how much can I get done in a very short window of time? And it right. sounds like these routines are extremely short um, and extremely efficient. Stick to them, right? And the results come on much faster, much faster. than weightlifting because yeah. it's greater stimulus. Right. So, yeah, people are getting everything they want, and and of course now they can do it at home. And while I don't agree with like these gym closures and you know, all the like, it's just an like an overreaction to what obviously is a danger, but, you know, less of a danger than pneumonia, which kills 20 times the same amount of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, okay. Like, so why don't, why didn't we shut the world down for pneumonia every year? Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. Like every year, why didn't we do that? Um, I do think that gym, the gym experience is being so brutalized by governments, people are like, I, I got to get away from being dependent on the gym because I, I can't depend on the gym anymore. Uh, and while I, I'm, I'm totally against that, just my, my feelings, like even though I'm, I've I haven't been to a gym in like five years and I put on 60 pounds of muscle in that period of time, four years. Uh, I still think people should be able to go to gyms. I like seeing people bring their X3 to the gym and use the X3 there so they can still, I don't know, flirt with girls and get <laughs> as strong as possible. I mean, I know there's a social aspect. Sure. Of course. To people working out. And right. Typically, no. if you like in shape women, that's the place to find them. Right. But the X3 <laughs> bar definitely is, is a, an item that's, uh, going to grow in popularity with our, our changing times and, and, and the way we, we go about things. I mean, yeah, uh, I hate that, but yes, but, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, it's, it's been a catalyst to growth in other ways. So home, the home workout experience has had to, uh, you know, kind of become the norm. And this seems like the, the device to have to get there. So again, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll invest myself uh, just to, out of, out of curiosity and obviously it seems like the science is there and i understand uh true uh, maybe more than than the average listener i just understand the concept because i've been using power and strength bands and stuff in my training for years and 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 get that you know understand what that uh that type of resistance feels like and how you can lift so much more where you're at your strongest, um, that kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely an advantage. Uh, so I, I just appreciate your time and everyone listening, go check out drj.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-J.com to find out more about everything we've talked about today. Certainly very interesting stuff. And uh, I, what I would appreciate from you is a, uh, a rating and review, which takes just seconds to do. Just click five stars, maybe type in a sentence or two about what uh, Strong by Design means to you, whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Uh, just really appreciate you and have a, an amazing rest of the week, a fantastic weekend, and we'll come back to you next Wednesday at 6 a.m. as always on Strong by Design. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 